Alright, we locked in right now. It's the Will One Podcast. Your boy Master Twice got a special guest in the cut. This is like one of my mentors right here, <laughs> low key. You know, he probably won't admit it like that, but he is. This is my good friend, Daniel. Daniel, introduce yourself to people. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Daniel Karp. Uh, I am an actor and writer based out of Toronto. I'm also a coach and teacher at LB Acting Studio in Toronto. And that's that's where we met. That's why I say he's my mentor. You know, he, he gave me a lot of tips that you know it's still far to go, but you know, he, he gave me the he gave me the game to start off. He gave me the game. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, that's another one of the things that he taught me. But you know, Daniel, we just kind of kind of do this how we usually do on the show. We kind of just get right back right into it. You know, we like to hear the early life. You know where you grew up, where you come from, siblings, family life, all that type of stuff. Like you know, let us know the early Daniel. Like how? Oh God. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I. Born and raised in Thornhill, which is uh, just north of Toronto. It's like mm-hmm. the first like suburb north of Toronto as part of like the GTA, okay, okay. Uh, part of Vaughan. Um, and there were no real like arts in my family, and I was I was a really, really timid kid. Okay. Um, like just small guy. You know, I, I feel like late bloomer is probably the term <laughs> that that. <laughs> Like it took a while before it, everything. Everything just—I think late bloomer just encompasses everything of who I am and how I've lived my life. Okay, um, good. But uh, no, I'm I'm a middle child of uh, three kids, right. uh, and I've got an older sister and a younger sister. Okay. Um, how is that now being the only boy now in the family? Now, like I kind of want to hear a little bit about that too. I mean, I think like any boy who doesn't have a brother, you really wanted a brother. Mm. But at the same time, I think it worked out because I was a really sensitive kid like more mm-hmm. than I realized and so it like like I, I get along great with my sisters um, okay. so I think it works out really really nicely so I don't feel like I was missing anything um but yeah I always still wanted brother yeah I mean <laughs> I, I think that's how it could be because like I'm, I'm like I'm the baby of three but I only have two older brothers yeah so I have no, oh, sisters. no sisters no sisters yeah, yeah, yeah so it's like an interesting feel where someone's always asking me like oh have you ever wanted a sister and I'm like hmm yeah like not as much, maybe a little brother yeah. to like do what my older it, brothers did to me. It would it would have spiced things up a little bit, but you know, it's I I'm very grateful for both of them. Oh, that's amazing! That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, let's get into a little bit more of just about like uh like growing up. What were some things that you kind of like? More passions that kind of just stuck out at a young age. Passions, passions, things that you just loved. <sighs> um, it may not be a good answer. Every answer is a good answer, but. I don't think as a kid I was really passionate about anything. Mm. Like I just I just didn't know. Like I like I I, I loved uh, playing soccer even though I was god awful <laughs> at it, and I loved uh, playing basketball even though I was god awful yes. at it. Um, I love Pokemon. I mean, Pokemon's a great thing though. Like you know, who doesn't love Pokemon? Yeah, no, I I, I love Pokemon. Um, and uh, I think that's a part of me that will never truly, like, go... Like, I, I still love it. I still, like... I don't play the games anymore just because mm. I don't have time. Of but, course. Um, I absolutely keep up to date with it. Um, but it, it, I really was that kid that... And I feel like a lot of us are like that. Mm. But I really felt like everyone else had their thing. And then I was just kind of, like, there. Existing almost, like, you know? Yeah, but, but, but more importantly than just simply existing, like, not realizing there was value in that, like, mm. and, like, that's fair. Like, what kid is going to be like, that's okay, I'm existing. There's value in that. Like, true, true, true. you're going to be constantly made to feel like you have to find your thing, you got to get better at this. So. I think there's, too, at a young age, the, the comparison factor is huge. 
because yeah. you're always looking at your peers and like, okay, well, they're doing this, and so I should be on this. And I mean, that's not even just a kid thing, that's a human thing. Yeah, exactly. We, we do that as adults all the time. We're just better at being told that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves and mm-hmm. being reminded. But like, when you're a kid, like, keeping up with your friends is like, keeping up with your friends and trying to make your parents proud are like the only things that are, that are important to you. Yeah. And so if you feel like you're slacking in one or the other you really feel like you're drowning a little bit Mm, that's that's a that's a great way to put it and i feel like that's what a lot of people are going through but then don't know how to express it as much either yeah because we could all be in a group of people and maybe even feel that way that like you know maybe we're inferior to the people around us and then yeah don't say it and then it's just you kind of carry that with you it's that imposter syndrome man yeah you know and it's 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 just a crazy thing where i feel like if people just let that vulnerability out, then they would probably realize that the same people that they feel right. are inferior have vulnerabilities. Although, themselves. like, you can't really ask a kid to do that. Like, very that re- true. That's, that requires yeah. too much like I'm, emotional awareness. Yeah, like, I'm going. I'm, I'm thinking as an adult now. I know, I know, but I agree. It's it's still tough as an adult, and I I am a firm believer that like when people behave a certain way, it unconsciously gives other people permission to behave the same way. So mm. if someone has the the courage or the um, the capacity to be emotionally open and vulnerable, it you know within reason. I think it gives people subconscious permission. Oh, maybe I can be like that too. But again, when you're a kid, like it's, you don't it's, have that same. It's damn near impossible yeah. to really like think about it like that. Because like I think about back about a lot of things I did as a kid, and I'm just like, I think I just did that because of the people around. Me. Right. Like it was not. I didn't even really want to do that. Right. 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 The definition of peer pressure. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a lot of kids go through that, especially when, like you're saying, when you're trying to find your thing and you don't know what your thing is. And it's like now the peer pressure and the the stress of, okay, am I not doing something right because I haven't found my thing and that person has. So I can imagine how hard that was as a young child. Yeah. So like, you know, we talked about how like Pokemon is kind of some of the things that stuck through, but like, (laughs) is there anything else from the childhood that, you know, yeah, we don't, the passions right there, but like. From the things that you really like that have stuck through to this day, where you're like, "Yeah, this is still me." Um, yeah, I, I would I would say uh, some of my friends. Oh, that's that's amazing. Actually, I'm, I'm really fortunate because I have two, maybe three friends that like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 31 years old, mm-hmm. and I've had or uh, two or three people that I've been friends with since I was like five or six. Uh, I've had, I have a couple of those. Shout out to my homies. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So like. The fact that at 31 years old, I can say that I've been friends with someone for 25 years is, you know, it, it's pretty, it, I'm not going to lie, it's like, I'm honored, but I'm also like a little nervous because like people grow and they change and mm-hmm. their priorities change as life goes on. So I'm kind of worried that like, oh man, like, is that change like around the corner? Mm. Because if it hasn't happened yet, it's got to be happening soon, right? I, I feel you on that. Like, that's a very interesting thing that you bring up because like, I, I never really thought of it like that because I have a couple of friends that we met in kindergarten, you know? Sure. Our, the story how we met is actually hilarious. They they told me not to eat the orange peel. I didn't realize we weren't supposed to eat that. And we've been friends ever since. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I can't really see my life without them in it. Yeah. Like, like thank God for orange peel. It, exactly. Um, no, so, so no, those those friends are, are really important to me. And I think even though we've all grown up and we've all changed, I feel like there is that kinship and that support and mm-hmm. our life has taken us in very, very different directions and different mm-hmm. paths. But I, I'm, I'm glad that I can say that something that has stuck with me throughout my entire life has been these like 
few friends. So I think that's cool. And that's amazing to have that consistent like circle. I feel because yeah, a lot of people are searching for that even to this day. Like, well, I, here, so here's the thing. I, I draw a distinction there because mm-hmm. I don't think my circle has stayed the same. Mm. I think my circle has like warped and adapted and changed. And people come in and out of your circle, but there's a re- and this is a uh, um, <laughs> this is a variation of a saying I say all the time. To the point where like if any of my friends hear this, they're going to roll their eyes. <laughs> um, but not everyone in your circle is in your corner. Ah, uh, and so I would say that my corner has been rock solid. Okay, okay. Even in moments when I haven't necessarily felt that it's been rock solid, because we all have moments of insecurity mm-hmm. and feel like we're alone. Like. It's most of the times I've found where I feel isolated or I feel alone, it's been because I'm looking at the other people in my circle. But I need to remind myself of all the people that are actually in my corner. And that usually helps, like, me kind of stay afloat. Keep I, feel, I, feel, I feel like I want to snap to that because <laughs> that, was, that was the truth right there. Yeah. I, I love that, like, that actual saying because it's like, yeah, you see a lot of people that you would think that they're there yeah. for you, but they're really in your circle. They're not Correct. in your corner. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of what a thing, like, I used to say to, like, people I realized, like, especially after I got hurt, was that I had a lot of, I knew a lot of people. I didn't have a lot of friends. Correct. Yeah. Like, you know. And yeah. Like, and there's going to be certain times in your life where everyone's going to try and be your friend. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they are. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, th- that's the, the distinctions that we kind of have to make to help us, like, validate the people that are really there for totally. us. And I feel like that's a big thing because if you don't do that, you'll get lost in the people who don't really care for you. Yeah. And that can take you down a hole. And, it, but, and it also makes a certain amount of sense because, like, it would be weird if everyone who was in your circle was in your corner. That would be a really crowded corner. Like, ah, very true. You know, it, I, I kind of imagine, like, a boxing ring where it's, like, you have all the people that are in the stadium, like, cheering you on. But mm-hmm. there is still that coach that when you get knocked down, he's right there. He's going, get up, get up, get up. Mm-hmm. And it would be weird if there were a thousand people there going, get up. Like, you, it would just be overload. It, yeah, it would kind of just take you out of the moment. And, you know? Well, whatever it is, it would be what – and if you're going to translate that analogy to real life, it's like that's pulling you in so many different directions. And so we only have – like, mm. I don't know. I, I'm not a – I'm not a therapist, I'm not a, a, cl- a clinical psychologist or anything, but I feel like we only have so much space for so many people. Yeah. And we have to be economical with who we give our hearts to, who we give our minds to, and who we share our energy with. I mean, that's that's huge, and, I, and I, I strongly agree with that, because not everyone deserves our time or energy. Totally. And, and again, they shouldn't, dude. Like, just like we aren't deserving of everyone else's. Exactly. Time, you know? Exactly. You know, I, I, it's, a, it's a good middle ground to kind of come to. And, like, you know, it's a balance. And it's great that, like... You know, we finally found this, like, you know, even at, like, even though we're not that old, you know, but, right. like, still, it's, there's a lot of people at an older ages that still haven't, like, kind of found that balance. Yeah. Like, you know, that niche of things. And I think it's, it's a huge, it's a great thing, like, so kind of, like, pick up. But anyways, I try to lead that into, you know, you know <laughs> since we kind of got, like, you know, a little bit of growing up, a little bit, like, you know, yeah. where you come from and all that, I kind of want to know about, like, like, how your views on, like, just how, like, the societies are shaped up right now, just be, this, because... You know, life can be a little crazy in general. Do you want to know my opinion on how society is shaped up? Just a little bit. Just oh, a little Lord. bit. Just a little bit. You know, be, with, respect to, with respect to what? Like, uh, I would say just in general, because like, I like to ask this question because I want to see how people's thought process is on the world that we live in. Like, you know? I, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's full of shit. Yeah. But like, uh, <laughs> pick a little piece that you feel you you want to say, say your piece about. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think... I really think that we're in an age of, um, I, th- I think 
no matter where you are on the planet, mm-hmm. no matter like where you come from, like we're all at this like precipice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be, you can lean one way or the other politically, you can lean one way or another socially or whatever, but we're at this point where a lot of these tough questions are being asked and it's really hard to give answers to them because one, like none of us have these, like mm-hmm. you can't have an easy answer to a complicated problem. I don't care how passionate you are about a given topic. None of these things that, you know, keep us up at night. None of these things that like make us angry and yell at each other are simple things. Mm-hmm. They're complicated and they're nuanced. And I think to then demand a non-complicated unnuanced solution to a complicated and nuanced problem is putting a band-aid over a problem that needs stitches. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we are at a point where a lot of these questions that don't have answers yet are out there for everyone to see, whether it's about racial tensions or whether it's about um, socioeconomic imbalances mm-hmm. or politics or any number of like big hard hitting issues that you know plague everyone differently we're at a point where we know in our hearts what we feel is right and we you know are trying to do our best to listen to each other but it's tough because we're demanding answers from people who don't have answers Mm. and so i think we are at this point where tensions are at an all-time high not just because everyone's like angry but i think we're all yearning for an answer Mm. and so i think because of that because even though you may be on one side of an argument or another. We all care so deeply about it. And so I think the one thing we all need to do more of is is listening. And I don't just mean like, oh, like, let's have a conversation about like mm-hmm. I, Like things need to get done. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you can converse all you want. That doesn't mean that something's going to be put into action. Very true, very but true. I think the way we get through it is going to sound so like zen and new age and that's <laughs> that's not who i am woke yeah. as the as the kids I'm, would I'm say not, i'm really not but i really i really think empathy is is the answer mm-hmm. um i remember i was watching um this was back in 2021 and I, I can't remember where in the states but there was this town hall meeting um i think it was in tennessee i can't remember where exactly mm-hmm. so I, I might be mistaken but there was this town hall meeting with a school board of this district and they were talking about whether or not there should be a mask mandate for for these kids mm-hmm. uh, at school. And the town hall was, like, fully loaded. Like, there wasn't an empty in the house. People were standing up in the back. Oh. And you had an aisle down the middle and two sections of parents that were both fully loaded. And on one side, you had all the parents that wanted masks to keep their kids mm-hmm. safe. And on the other side, you had parents who didn't want masks because they felt that it was hindering the children's ability to learn. And, you know, I was watching with my dad and... You know, me and my dad each had our own respective opinions over what we thought was the yeah. right thing to do. But it was so easy in that moment watching this like footage of these like groups of parents just like yelling at each other to identify with one and demonize the other. Mm. But the thing that I think we all have to be more conscious about doing and taking more time to do is realizing that like, look, I may agree with one and I may disagree with the other, but I'll be damned if I don't think that both groups care so much about their kids equally mm. I, so i i think that's important like, i i like i like the way you put that because it's like you could be divided on the topic but the the main point is you care about the end result well, yeah, because if you're trying to solve a problem with someone who you think is evil 
how are you going to come to any sort of understanding? Because then anything that comes out of their mouth, you slap this label onto, mm. but that's like overly simplistic over who they are as a human being. Yes. And they, you may think they're wrong, like to your core, mm. but like once it became about realizing how much they all loved and cared their kids equally or about their kids equally, it was harder to demonize the other side and it became easier to listen. And it didn't mean that it became easier to solve the problem, mm. but at least when my dad and I were talking about it back and forth, it eased a lot of attention. Mm. Um, yeah. I feel like too, like it would help with the understanding because like you said, it, how can you solve a problem with a person that you deem that their thought process is wrong unless you have to have some sort of understanding of their thought process. Yeah, you gotta know where they're coming it, from. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't see where you're coming from, you can never find that middle ground. Yeah. And then you're just gonna be angry, yelling at each other, and then it's that kind of like mob mentality I feel like builds up after a while. Where it's yeah. just like, I'm mad. And yeah. I'm just gonna scream because you're on the opposite side of me. Now, I, I that being said, I do think that there's an issue you're passionate about. You should absolutely get together with people who are like-minded. You should absolutely mm -hmm. do whatever you can to get people to listen, especially if you feel that people aren't listening. Yeah, especially right. if you feel that you are a part of a group of people that are being marginalized and not being listened to. Like, I don't think it's wrong to have demonstrations, to have mm -hmm. protests. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do think that it can't just be one or the other. It mm -hmm. can't just be no protests, we only converse, or we only... or What was the opposite of that? Protests and no conversing. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what it is. Um, you know, I, I think it, it ha there has to be a healthy combination of both. And I think protesting and I think, you know, in within reason. Yeah, obviously I not people like going crazy and like starting fires. and riots No, because that, that's not what it's about. But I feel like that is important because it, there is something to be said about strength in numbers. And mm -hmm. there is something to be said about, you know, especially if it's a sociopolitical issue about being a constituent that can put pressure on the people that are supposed to be representing mm -hmm. you. I think there's value in that. But if you are trying to solve a problem with someone who you feel in your bones before they've said anything, that they are evil, that they don't have your best interest at heart, then before they've even said anything, you've already slapped this filter on it in terms of trying they're you're going to misconstrue all the little nuances of what they're saying. And whether it's, you know, and, and what, what and, and I have to be careful, especially because especially when I talk to you know, some of my friends about certain race issues. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm white passing, I guess, but like I'm, I'm Jewish, I'm yeah. Middle Eastern, yeah. but like my opinion doesn't matter as much on certain topics just because mm -hmm. of what people think the color of my skin is. That is very true. And it's unfortunate because like, as for many people who are white passing, I feel like right. they get that you're kind of stuck in this box where you're like, I'm not really white, but like, but here's the thing, <laughs> even if I was like totally white, it, like I understand, I understand why, like, there are certain times where, no, in this particular situation, the black experience is more important to talk about here mm. than my thoughts on the black experience. Uh, you know, like, I do not know what it's like to be a black person. Mm. I do know, not know what it's like to be an Asian person. I can have empathy and understand certain things. Like, the Jews are no strangers to, you know, marginalization. Yeah, yeah that's very um, true. Even yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I, I think, but I think that's the difference. I think there were, there are times where, even though I, I've been marginalized, mm -hmm. I've, you know, had racial slurs yelled at me because I was wearing a yarmulke um, or I was speaking Hebrew and, you know, people up. were saying, yeah, it's fucked up. But there were certain times where it's like, well, right now we're talking about the black experience. So mm -hmm. I'm going to sit back and listen to all my, all my friends who are black talking about what their experience is because I can mm -hmm. listen. I think the problem is, is that, yes, 
I'm not black. Yes, I do not know what the black experience is. But to then say, because I'm not black and I don't know what the black experience is, or because I'm not Asian, I don't know what the Asian experience is, I'm incapable of empathizing with what it's like to be put in a box and marginalized mm-hmm. and view a certain way. I think that's the point where a lot of people start to, or they stop listening at that point because mm-hmm. we all have the capacity to empathize. Exactly. Because I feel a lot of these things that are happening, they're human things. They're not, yeah. like, they're not race things. They're not gender things. They're human things. It happens around in all forms right. of, of people. And I feel sometimes, like, I mean, sometimes it's yeah, a race thing. Yeah. Sometimes, like, sometimes it absolutely is. Sometimes it is. But I feel like a lot of the things is like, even like myself, when I think about that, cause like, I think with black people, there's always the, the, the trauma of slavery. But then it's like, I think about slavery's been going on for many of years and many of people have been enslaved. It says the concept of like racism along with the slavery yeah. was like, man, this conversation took a turn. I know it really did. Uh, <laughs> you asked me that question. I got really nervous. I was like, I don't know what, if I, what I'm allowed to nah, say. Nah, don't worry about it. You, you answered know. that perfectly. Cause like, I feel like you're just giving your side on and take on like what you see. And like, that's kind of like what we need. Yeah. Like I feel a lot, we need a lot more honesty and a lot. Cause a lot of times people like to sugarcoat. Their, their own experience. And I feel, how else are we supposed to grow kind of as a whole unless we know everybody's experience, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I do think if there's something that's plaguing a particular community, whether that's a particular uh, race or ethnicity or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're not part of that group, you should listen. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Like, very true. That's it. You, you, you should listen and not assume that because someone is, ex- is sharing their experience with you that you don't necessarily share immediately. Mm-hmm. That it's somehow an evil remark against you and your people. Like that's mm. not what it is. They're just sharing their experience. And I think we all need to listen. And we exactly. all need to listen not just when someone is sharing their experience, but also when someone else has a way that they can empathize and they can understand. Because I do think, and again, this is gonna sound so like the raging, <laughs> but like I really do think that for a lot of solutions as far as how we understand each other and how we communicate better. It's, it's gotta be empathy. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I really feel that way too, because I feel, I remember uh, a friend of mine said this saying a long time ago. He said, um, every conflict in this world can be solved with words. And I feel that that can only happen unless people are empathetic right. about everyone else's situation. So it's like communication is obviously key, but like yeah. empathy has to be there because if you can't at least try to understand what someone else is going through, yeah. then there's no way you can even go forward. You know? Yeah, but there's a different, but I will say, and like we've talked about this mm-hmm. like, with respect to acting a lot, mm-hmm. like there's a difference between like understanding and versus like under yeah. understanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, it's a subtle difference, but it like it's, the it's impact a big one. is yeah. huge. It's yeah. tectonic plate shifting. Yeah, you know? it, it is. Um, <laughs> and so a lot of times, like, yes, I can comprehend or someone can comprehend what someone else is going through. It doesn't mean they like get what that did to a person or they understand the impact it had on everything else in their life. And so I think we need to start being more patient with not just everyone else, but with ourselves and give ourselves more time to kind of sift through that as opposed to just pushing it off. It's going, Oh no, I get it. Like, well, do you like, I love this. I love this. Like, <laughs> You're just breaking this down. You're giving everyone the game right here. Like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, we're gonna kind of switch gears a tiny bit. Please now. do. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like I kind of say, mental health is always a big thing on my show in general. Like, okay. Because like for me, I like you know had my struggles just going through my injury and everything. Yeah. So yeah. I always like someone to kind of tell uh, a situation where your mental health kind of like first kind of hit them and they had to like 
really face it and see like, okay, I'm going through something right now. Right. How do I see it to like, you know, the, uh, to like a, the, the light at the end of the tunnel in a sense. Okay. Well, I, uh, before I give my thing, I think I want to preface it by saying, like, mm-hmm. I've been really lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I don't have struggles and not that there aren't things I wish were different, but like, I'm an incredibly fortunate individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think because I'm, for whatever reason, I'm able to remind myself or be reminded of how lucky I am, I think that alone has really helped me. Okay, okay. Um, but I think t- a time when my mental health, a time when my mental health really like got you, to me. Yeah, where it's like you kind of like had to realize like, okay, I'm going through a situation right now and right. it's really affecting me. Yeah. So it was interesting. I um, I didn't find acting until like three quarters of the way through my undergrad at university. Okay, okay. Um, what were you studying before that? Everything and anything. <laughs> I think if you look at my transcript from university, I think I switched programs or switched minors or something like 12 or 13 times. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. I took, I think with the exception of like languages, religious studies, and engineering, I took one course from almost every other faculty because mm. I was just, I was just floundering. I was just trying and failing and trying and failing. Seeing what sticks. Yeah, nothing was sticking <laughs> for a really long time. Um, but I, I, I found the theater both, mm-hmm. you know, on stage <clears throat> and behind the scenes, like building sets and stuff like that, which was really great. Oh. But I also found that that point in time for me was a big transitional period because there's something to be said about, yeah, I I like music and like performing and like acting and stuff like that. But then there's telling your like Middle Eastern Jewish parents that like you want to go into the arts (laughs) and not be like an engineer or something. (laughs) Or I think the point, they didn't, they never care what I do as long as I'm happy and, and feel secure. And I think, well, yeah, but like I'm happy doing the arts, but it's definitely not secure. Oh yeah. That's true. at, at least in for the big chunk of the beginning, yeah, uh, most of it isn't secure. So Definitely it was not. so that was really tough for them to take on. So I felt like, you know, to their credit, they really did their best, mm-hmm. and um, my parents support me in in their own ways and the ways that they know how. And sometimes mm-hmm. it sometimes it's exactly what I need, and a lot of times it completely misses the mark. But mm-hmm. I find myself that they are trying their best. Yeah, uh-huh. but um, in my last year of university. Um, it was like before I got to, sc- I went to school in the States, there was just, I don't know, man, it just felt like I woke up every day in spite of finding this thing that like really lit my fire. Mm-hmm. It really felt like I was just waking up every day kind of angry oh. and waking up every day, just feeling like, even though I had like, aha, I found this thing. Mm-hmm. Why did that not complete me? Mm. And it was interesting. Cause like, I thought I was doing okay. And I, and I was, like, realistically, I was, but I had this friend at the time who, like, would see me and would, like, hear my voice and hear, like, the lack of passion and would hear the distraughtness in it. And she just went, have you ever, like, talked to a counselor? Oh, okay. Um, do you, have, have, have you ever talked to a counselor? Have you ever, you know, there, there, there are counselors on, uh, on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, no, because I, I genuinely didn't, don't think I, like, needed it yeah but she was like i really think you would benefit and i was mm-hmm. like okay well thanks but no thanks yeah um and then, like a couple more weeks went by and she brought it up again and then a couple more weeks went by and brought it up again and i was like you know what it's 
clearly matters to you and mm -hmm. I, I love that so fine I will it's free on campus let me go talk to a counselor yeah. just to make you my friend feel better and so I went to this counselor and I didn't know anything about them I didn't know anything about therapy or anything and I wouldn't say it was therapy um, but the counselor asked me why I was there and I told I told her straight up I was like honestly I'm totally cool I'm doing this for my friend gotcha. she was like what do you mean like, well my friend wants me to go see a counselor and she keeps asking me to go see a counselor and I told her I don't need to, but I'm doing this so I can tell her that I'm going to see it. And yeah. the counselor totally did the right thing. It was like, totally fair. Just out of curiosity, what is it about your situation that makes your friend think you need to see a counselor? Mm. And I was like, oh, well. And then I started like talking about like all the stuff in my life. And what was so interesting about that is that even though I have friends and family members that I can talk to, there was something about speaking to this other person who like didn't know me outside mm -hmm. who like validated a lot of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though I didn't necessarily get any answers, yeah. uh, I don't even remember if I asked any questions, but even though I didn't get any like specific answers, I'm like, Oh, here's a thing you can fix. I felt almost more validated than I had in my human experience mm -hmm. than I had from any other friend or colleague or family member who was who would also try and validate that because this person didn't owe me that. Yeah. And so it just felt like it was objectively no that your feelings are valid. I That's okay. I, I love that because it, it kind of reminds me of my thoughts when I like had my first therapy session with like my therapist. Yeah. Where it's like I kinda went in with that same tone, like, I don't need to talk to nobody, I'm fine. Right. And then as soon as she kind of just said, So what do you want to talk about? It's like what you said, it's like it's boom. A, it it's just flew out well, and it was just like Right. Wow, I was like, damn. I, I mean, I knew I had some issues, but like, it was like to see that, then right. face it, and then you're just like, okay, so what I'm feeling isn't like, like abnormal or something. Sometimes, like totally, you know? and and I feel like it's important to like create that distinction because you can have all going back to like circle versus corner. Like, you can have all the people in your corner you want, but there are going to be certain emotions and feelings you have about having people see you that way. Like, maybe you for whatever reason, maybe you could we can get into if it's good or bad, but maybe you don't want to have that kind of conversation with your dad. Mm. Maybe you don't want your sister to see you that way for whatever reason. And that's yeah. something that you can talk about. But with someone who's a counselor or a therapist, it just, I don't, I, I don't know what it is because I'm not a, a therapist and mm -hmm. not a counselor. Um, but there is something about talking to someone who doesn't owe you any sort of justification. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. Like to the, in their thought process, it doesn't. They, yeah, it doesn't, like it doesn't matter. What they're just speaking objectively. Exactly. Like objectively, no. What you just talked about, it makes sense why you would feel this way about it. No, I get like why your dad did that, but it makes perfect sense that you have this negative feeling towards him about mm -hmm. it. Well, I get maybe that wasn't the smartest thing, but considering where your friends come, like all of those things, it it made me feel like I didn't have to work to be seen. Mm. It's like someone sees me and they get. Yeah. what i'm going through right and i feel like because like you said most of us can feel like we're all alone in this huge world sometimes yeah we need that someone to be like i see you right and like you know even through the good and bad times but especially through the bad times to be like i see you right. i see you're going through a rough patch and it's okay like you know yeah and i think going back to the whole like nuance thing like we're also used to looking at things in black and white from the perspective of either they're right and i'm wrong or i'm right and they're wrong mm. but like Two things can, can be, be true, true at once. Like, if you get into a fight with your friend because they overstep because of something that happened, like, what one thing that is true about that situation is, yeah, maybe your friend did overstep, 
Mm. But another thing that can be true is maybe you did something that warranted overstepping. Mm. Who thinks it can be true? It can both be true. And I think we get so used to thinking it's either one or the other. So if I validate my friend overstepping, that somehow invalidates what I'm feeling about it. But we don't need to, it doesn't have to be causational. Mm-hmm. I love the way you put that because like that's one of my favorite sayings is two things can be true. Yeah. I feel like especially nowadays, it's either you're right, I'm wrong, or like yeah. there's no middle ground. Or it's like right. there's no we can agree to disagree. Yeah. It's like, no, you're wrong. It's like both of us can have valid points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, that's, that's what makes us people. All right. Like if we're all cookie cutter the same, it, would, yeah. it just wouldn't be, it would be boring. For like sure. Boring place. Exactly. So I, I just kind of love the way you put that and like how you put that, like something simple, as simple as someone not hearing that like passion voice Yeah. to help you kind of like realize that you're like, you maybe you realized that uh, you were going through a situation, but like, yeah, to help to get to the council to actually like deep dive into these issues because right. I feel like that's the thing that we don't do as much as yeah. people. And it eats away at us. Yeah. Yeah, the, the longer you go without it, the harder it is to come out of it, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and so I, I, I wish I had a better clear-cut answer, but I really think that, like, therapy, man. <laughs> like, no, no, talking I, to someone. That's why I, I, I preach therapy. It's a big thing for me, especially, yeah. like, I, like I said, I was not into it beforehand. And when I did it, it was the best thing for me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I still use some things to this day that my therapist has taught me because it, yeah. it helps calm me, balances me, and it kind of just helps me put my situation into a perspective yeah. where I'm like, okay, I see what I'm going through. It's maybe I'm not the only person that's even going through this on top right. of that. And it's like... And you're not. Exactly. Like, you're definitely not. Exactly. There are too many people on this planet for you to be the only one doing anything. Like, exactly. It's like, once you, know, you realize that, it yeah. kind of just makes it a little bit easier to, like, find the next steps on right. how you deal with that. Absolutely. And like, that's, that's amazing. And we, so you, we kind of talked a little bit about like, you know, your acting chops and how you found your love for the theater. Like, yeah. let's get a little bit more into that. Like what was kind of the first things that you, that made you jump to it and say like, all right, I love this. And yeah. I know I've been all over the place with the minors, but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm riding this one right here. Um, so it was, it was really musical theater. Like musical theater got me into I always liked to sing, mm-hmm. but I, I don't have an artistic family. There aren't any artists in my family. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's like, you know, uh, supported. Um, so I always liked to sing, but like I never took singing lessons. I was mm-hmm. never involved in like theater as a kid. Like never did that. Um, but I always liked to sing. And then for the first time at university, there were a bunch of people who also liked to sing. And mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about musical theater. I didn't have any exposure to it growing up. Um, but I slowly but surely started to get a little more involved, a little more involved and started seeing shows on campus and I saw how much fun they were having and how, and, and I think it was also like how confident these people were in themselves. Like, uh, they were so happy doing it and they were happy doing it together. And I was like, man, that would be so nice. And so not that I had, and I, and I did not have the confidence to say, oh, I want this, like I'm going to go do it. Cause like, I'm not going to lie to you, even me, like dibbling that, like getting into the arts is like now. Theater is like one of the most intimidating things for me. Well, I do. Like, I do think there's a difference between theater and musical theater. Like, it's a different. Explain that right now. Well, I think both. I mean, just from a craft perspective, mm-hmm. like theater, I think is especially in like modern theater. I think um, it's more like grounded and true to life. Whereas in musical theater, like people in real life don't break out into song and dance. Like, it's not a thing. Very true. So it requires a certain like energy yeah, yeah um and not that theater doesn't require certain energy but it's just it's a different mode just mm-hmm. like the difference between like theater and film like uh, it's 
not that it's not true to life and it's just it's a different medium it, you know it's a different way of going about it mm, expressing it um, differently yeah yeah and so i i think it makes sense that like theaters intimidate people because you don't get multiple takes and you mm-hmm. have rehearsal trying to like figure it out and um, but musical theater in particular i think music was the way in and i remember i was invited um so that that friend that i was talking about before she was stage managing a, a small little musical okay um and i went to it just to support her and afterwards she was like hey we're having like tonight was our closing night mm-hmm. she comes like this cast party and i was like i don't know man like <laughs> i don't know these people it's not really my vibe i got this paper to write then you I know, do i want to be involved let, let me go home i'll do my thing and you know she's like okay well let me send you like the info and if you finish your paper like come on down so i like she texted me and I went home and sat in front of the computer for like two and a half hours. Didn't write a single word. I just like, I couldn't focus on anything. So I was like, screw it. I'm already doing nothing. Let's just like, if I'm going to not write my paper, let's go to this party. Yeah, might as well have some fun. Yeah. So I did. And I walk in and I have this like very clear image because I walk in and like in front of me on the other side of the room, there was a couch mm. to the right of the couch. There was a piano and to the left of the couch. There was like a, like a railing banister that, like, it was part of stairs that, like, went down into the basement. Okay. And I walk in. Um, I didn't, like, I I texted her, and I was like, I'm here. She's like, just walk in. Don't even knock. And I just hear all this, like, life coming out of, mm. of this house. And everyone's like, singing and having a good time. So I open the door. I come in. And um, on the couch, the piano, the railing, the coffee table, and I think a couple of chairs, there was just this, like, ragtag group of ensemble musical theater people just like belting Disney music <laughs> at the top of their lungs on like a Thursday night in like the student village. And I don't know why, because I would like, I love Disney and I love Disney growing up, but I'm not like a Disney fanatic, mm-hmm. but there was something about that like level of like freedom and lack of caring about what other people thought and just celebrating that joy together. That I was like, Oh, cool Mm. okay um and i was at that point i was already interested in theater i was like starting to get involved but at that point i was like well damn if like these are the kind of people that i would be involved with in one capacity or another this is the energy and the life that they're bringing to it day to day moment to moment i think that's worth giving it a shot Mm. because the one thing i did not know what i wanted to do um, I did not leave high school or wake up one day being like, I need to be an actor. I need to be in the arts. But one thing I dreaded was waking up every day doing the exact same thing and hating what I did. Oh, just, I, I, I've lived through that and definitely yeah. hated it. And once I kind of like found this niche of like acting for me, it was yeah. like, I can't, I, I, my, my mind was like set immediately. It was like, and, I can't go back. And that's <laughs> not to say that people who do a nine to five are like dead inside. Yeah, not, no, not even a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Um, I wish I could do that because it would be it would life would be a little less a lot a lot stable that's Um, but for whatever reason i didn't need to know what i wanted to do it was more important to me to avoid that situation of just like Mm. being routine just kind of like sleepwalking through life i needed to i don't know why i just Mm. needed to avoid that i needed to avoid that at all costs i mean i could definitely imagine that because for me like i got to a point in like my like early adult life where i was like i feel like i'm just working and paying bills yeah like and i felt zombie like because it was yeah. like it took up so much of my time and then i wasn't enjoying it on top yeah. of it so it's like i'm not even enjoying making money because i'm gonna have to spend this money on bills and then it's right. like i'm kind of just in easy this, come easy go kind yeah of thing. i'm in yeah. this loop where it's just like 
it wasn't exciting and enjoyable. And then like mm-hmm. now, I feel like I'm in this space like with the acting. I don't know if it, I'm pretty sure it's the same for you, where it's like you're excited to go to work, and like even if you got to do a twelve hour day. It's like, but like <laughs> you're you're like you have to do that twelve hour day. It's funny because we just we just made a short film, and my co writer he's a writer, but mm. it's the first thing he's ever made. So I've made stuff before, mm. he hasn't. Yeah. So he didn't know what it was like to be on set and to have that energy going. And we were talking about it recently because it's done. He goes, I need to make something else because yes, I love writing, but even though during those like three or four days that we shot the film. Um, he was like, I've never gotten less sleep in my life, and my body has never been more tired, but my soul and my mind has never been more like awake and exhilarated. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. So like fine, we'll put in a twelve hour day and I'll like promptly KO the moment I yeah, get home. Done. But it's like with a smile on my face. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's that's what life's all about. It's gotta be. It's like For me, if, it's if, gotta be. Yeah, because if you're gonna put in all this time, work, effort, yeah, you gotta absolutely and like you know it's amazing that like you know you can express this this thing that you found that you love and then on top of that you know you're sharing it expressing it and then you're teaching others like you know yeah that's something i have to still get used to i could imagine because like especially still being like in the thick of it yourself i'm still figuring it out like everyone else yeah exactly you know so like yeah it's hard to claim myself to be a teacher over something that I'm still trying to figure out. Mm. But I do think that like, I don't know how many steps there are. Let's say there's a hundred steps to doing this. I think that especially because I, my class is focused on like people who are really new to it or beginning mm-hmm. it. I'm like, okay, I may not be at the end of step hundred. Mm-hmm. I may only be at step 20 or 22 or whatever. But even though I know there's 80 more steps to go, if someone is coming at me at step one or two, I can help them along the way, whether it's because of my positive experiences or through my own mistakes that I've made, mm-hmm. I can help them at least get to stage 2022 where I'm at. Um, I can at least shed some light on that part of the path that seems really, really dark and was dark for me, but yeah. now I know it because I've traversed it. Mm-hmm. So I can help people through that much. And I think as long as I continue to grow as an actor and as a teacher trying to like figure out other ways that it works for me to help other people do it, there will be more parts of the path that seem really dark, but someone who's at step 40 will be able to help me at step 20. They'll be able to help me on that part of the path. And then I can turn around and pass it down to someone else and bring them along. It's almost like a pain it forward. It it has to be. I mean, I I don't know. I don't, (laughs) I think there's a lot of teachers out there who shouldn't be called teachers. They should be called instructors. Mm. Um, But (laughs) I think if you're going to teach, you have to, come at it from the perspective of it's paying it forward mm, I, I love that and that's honestly how i felt just being in your class like it oh, just it, no no for real because like real like it honestly felt like this is someone who kind of just wants to give us the knowledge of how it is to start off in this right. i just like i said for me what i learned from you was the biggest thing was this is not just reading lines off a piece of paper this is yeah. expressing all types of emotion and feeling it and and you can express all types of emotion in all types of ways. And this is the the, uh, the little nuances of the craft that like it really just kind of opened my mind to. It. I feel like oh. that's like a lot of things I feel. I don't know personally, but like I feel from my talking to other people, they don't yeah. get that experience as much. And it's like what you're saying yeah. when you have an instructor. I feel like you wouldn't get that experience as much. I mean, I've definitely had instructors, especially <laughs> in acting classes. And look, sometimes you need an instructor. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need someone who can break it down 
meticulously, you need to do this, then you need to do that, then you need to go here. Like, mm-hmm. fine. But I feel like, especially at the beginning, but even when you're down the road further, and it's just like, I know what the do's and don'ts are, but for whatever reason, it's lost its life mm-hmm. for me. I need to figure out how to sit in that discomfort. I need to figure out how to sit in that heartbreak. I need to figure out how to express joy more raw, more purely, without any sort of filter of look at me doing my acting thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you do need a space to be able to explore that freely. I love it. See, I'm almost getting lost in the interview to try to soak up the game myself. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all the free game I can. No, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. There's more about this I don't know than there is stuff that I do know. Of course, of course. Like, of course. And, I, and, I, and I almost hope that continues to be the case, mm-hmm. at least at this part of my life. Um, so I'm, I'm ne- I never wanted to come off like I know the an- like I have the answers. Mm-hmm. I have my thoughts and opinions on certain things that I've experienced. But at the end of the day, like, if I say here's how I go about doing it, and you go, well, I tried that and it didn't work. Screw what I said then. Do whatever works for you. Mm. But you won't know unless you actually give it a shot. Exactly. Not trying it and p- trying to poke a hole in it as it's as you're trying it because then you haven't like actually committed to it. Like really try it mm-hmm. and then go home and see if it works or not. If not, then throw it in the trash where it belongs. Exactly, exactly. And that's that, that's beautiful. That's, that's that's the perfect way to put it because like sometimes I feel people they 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 see something they want. Yeah. Never fully try it, or maybe, like you say, they maybe try it, like they tip their toes right. in the pool, right. but they never dive in. in. You just got to jump in. And it's like, that's how you only know if it's for you or not. Yeah. 100%. And then the rest of it's just like yeah. regretful thinking. Yeah. If you don't. And definitely, like, you, I love the, the whole like water thing because, like, yeah, when you like first jump into cold water, yeah, there's that initial shock, yeah. which is definitely more unpleasant than when you just like dipped your toe in. Mm-hmm. But the moment that that initial shock is over, like you realize the water's not nearly as cold as you thought, and you're spending more time in the water and enjoying it than, whereas the other way you would be more scared about what the water might be yeah. like without actually knowing. Exactly, and yeah, it's, sometimes it's just you just got to get it over with and to see yeah. see what happens. I feel yeah. like that's all. Do it. Thing. Jump in. Um, now, like, we're kind of getting on to, like, the end of this, and, like, you know, one of the things I love to ask people is, like, you know, since we already see that you, you're passionate with your, with your career right now, I want to know what motivates you, just as, like, as an actor in general? What motivates me in what respect? In, in the respect of, like, what makes you kind of get up and be like, this is, this is what I love to do, and this is why I'm doing it. Like, you know, what's a, mm. what's a thing that kind of just pushes you every time you get a... You had an audition or they got a self Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's the motivation behind Well, I think, like, we talked a little bit about it before, but I really think that empathy is a big tool. And I mm-hmm. feel like there is a power to storytelling. And there's a reason that, you know, people, at the end of the day, they come home and they sit around sit around the fire for stories mm-hmm. on television or film. Um, because we yearn for it. We yeah. yearn for these other kind of experiences that aren't necessarily our own, but we can connect to. Mm-hmm. And I think... There's empowerment in storytelling. I mean, storytelling was initially done as like fables to like teach people something. Mm-hmm. And not everything has to have a lesson in it. But I feel like, especially nowadays, there's a there's a huge focus on indie projects that are a little more raw, a little grittier, and a little more real. And I not it's not necessarily about learning something from it, but it, you can. I hope everyone does. Yeah. But I think there's something about seeing that other people have these things in their lives. Um, that we can connect to. And so what inspires me, I feel like knowing that no matter what 
the story is, I feel like there's an opportunity there to um, to share and explore another facet and another part of the human experience mm. that not only I don't necessarily get to explore or share on the day to day, but most people don't get to. You know, I, I like the way you put that because, like, especially with with the job that you know we do, it's it's very intricate and it's like. There's a lot of different ways, like you told me. There's a lot of different ways to express things, and like, yeah, to like dive into now something where maybe you don't even really have that experience yourself. It's like you know, yeah, but I also don't think that you need to have like I like I we were talking about before. I don't mm-hmm. think you need to have a specific experience in order to empathize and mm-hmm. understand what that Very would true. do to a person. I think that that would make us all robotic. Oh, I don't have that information. I'm not capable of empathizing. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's that's what makes us human. Um, but, like, don't get me wrong. There are definitely days where, like, I don't feel like getting out of bed. And I'm not as inspired. Mm-hmm. And, like, in terms of, well, what... <laughs> going to sound so dumb. But what gets me over those humps? Yeah. I'm so stubborn. <laughs> I'm so stubborn. I mean, sometimes it's a good thing. I know. <laughs> it's not just a bad thing. But I, like, I'm really stubborn about it. So, like, every time, I'm like, oh, God, I still haven't booked that thing. Mm-hmm. Or, like, oh, my agent or... Oh my! This audition and whatever—it's just like, yeah, I have all those like qualms and you know things grind my gears, just mm-hmm. like the next person. But then I go, well, my options are to either quit, so I don't have to deal with this ever again, mm. or, and then I never get to the or. I just go, well, so I'm not quitting. Yes. I'm not <laughs> like, so like, I'm just gonna keep going. I'm just gonna keep going and figure out what's it. Focus on what's in my control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I didn't get that job or I didn't get that audition because I really wanted to play that character. Yeah. Well then screw it. Instead of waiting around for it, let me start writing something that may never even get made, but let me take the thing that was yearning to do that. Let's start writing that thing because even if I never make it, there's still something about that creative output mm. that helps me get over that moment. Um, That's actually yeah. pretty healthy now that you think about that. Cause like there's a couple parts that I've auditioned for where I was like, I did the self tape and everything. It yeah. felt so good. And I'm like, Yes, I want this so yeah. bad. I never heard a word from them, and I was just like, "Oh, like can, it was." Can, can I tell you something? Yeah, I feel like this this applies to everyone in every industry, but specifically to actors. But we get so used to people, we get so used to waiting around for someone to give us permission to do the thing we want to do, whether it's you know. Uh, to get that job or to get that office or mm-hmm. get that promotion. I want to get transferred here. I want to get into this school. I want to go make this thing. We all have to wait for the boss or the dean or mm-hmm. the the employer or the, the government to say, yes, you can have this plot of land to build it. Like we all have to wait for these gatekeepers to give us permission. And yeah, there are gatekeepers, but I do think there's always more in our control, more than we can, more that we can do ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think, the more we focus on that, the more we stop waiting for other people to give us permission to do the thing we want to do. We end up just saying, hey, here's this train. It's all loaded up. I'm conducting. And we're going. I love that. We're going. I love that. It's if like- you want to be a part of this, let me know. We'll come to a city near you. <laughs> and I'll come to a... I'll, I won't stop. I'll slow down. I'll slow down so you can hop on. Mm-hmm. But I ain't stopping. And it's amazing. Again, whether it's in the arts or not, it's amazing what happens when you just say, screw it, I'm not waiting for permission from the universe or anyone. If I just go, it's amazing how many people go, oh, you're, oh, you're going, you're going, oh, crap, okay, uh, here, I can do this thing, and people just start 
and things that you hadn't figured out sort of just start to be figured out. And, um, you know, I, I haven't made a lot, like I've made one short film, mm -hmm. but it's amazing how many questions I got about it after it was made. How did you do this? How did you do that? And the answer was by the seat of my goddamn pants. By the seat of my pants. I did not know. I was like, oh, I, I have to do that? Uh, looked at my partner. Okay, let's figure out how to do that. Oh, I need to file that. Okay, where do I, like, that's all it was. Is this, is this like, once you commit yourself into, like, I'm going to do this, and then that's when you kind of, like, like you said, everything falls into place because it's like, okay, you have the questions for right. this. How do I get this done? You get it done, man. Yeah. So something else pops up. How do we get this done? And then right. it's just, it's just, you kind of just slowly knock down the dominoes that you thought were maybe a lot bigger than they were. Yeah. Until you right in there in the moment. You're like, oh, yeah. This is all the people were doing? Exactly. And it's just, yeah, this, it's, it's great that you actually put it like that. Like sometimes you kind of right. need to create your own whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I think that's true of people who, like, not even in film and acting, mm -hmm. but even if you, like, want to start a business, like, okay, focus on the thing you want to provide to people. What's mm -hmm. the service? What's the product? How are you going to, like, like just go figure that part out and you'll see that people will start because you have, like, you're, you're asking these questions and not just like, oh, we're making a film. Mm -hmm. Well, about what? What's, mm -hmm. well, I haven't figured that out yet. Well, then, yeah, then it's hard to, like, get people you're on not making board. A film yet, I, don't right? know yeah. my, I don't know what my product is yet. Mm -hmm. But once you put in the work, you go, I've got all the preliminary pieces to start the train. Mm -hmm. Let's start the train. Blow the whistle. Leave the station. Mm. And people will... People will come eventually, as as they say in the, what was it in the field of dreams? If you build it, yeah, and they will come. And they will come. I, I'm a firm believer in that. Oh right, I love that. I love that. Now, then, before we get out of here, mm -hmm. final question. I always have to ask everybody: Hit me. What is up next for you? Oh like, lord, you know, that you can't talk about, of course. That I can't. Okay. <laughs> um. So that short film that I was talking about, we mm -hmm. submitted to a bunch of festivals. Okay, and, that's amazing. Okay. Uh, we're screening it for a lot of our investors on November 7th. Okay, okay, that's um, amazing. And that investor sounds way more bougie <laughs> than it is. It's family and friends and people, other colleagues who was like, oh, this is cool. Here's like 20 bucks to like make your film. Mm. So we're doing that, which is really cool. Um, and we were also part of a screening of a bunch of short films that were made in Toronto during the pandemic okay. uh, a few weeks ago, which is really nice. That's great. That's um, great. I'm currently writing two other projects. That's all I can say about them. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was just about, uh, to, I was about to ask for a little tip. That's, but, you know, that's, good. that's, that's good. all I can say about them. Um, but what I am noticing is that by writing, not because I'm this like, amazing writer, I've like stopped worrying about, like, oh, I haven't had an audition in a while, or like, mm. my agent, or whatever, because I'm like finding creative fulfillment in those other things. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like... You you can like with writing you can write the characters you want to play now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So in terms of what's next for me, um, it's getting that that film out there, um, and then we uh, I'm shooting another short that I co-wrote as a proof of concept for a feature film. We're shooting that in December, um, and it we don't know if it'll go to feature. Mm -hmm. We don't know if there's enough there, but we did have this greater story in mind. So. We're still fleshing that part out, but we are shooting the proof of concept short version okay, that's amazing. That's in amazing. December. So that's kind of like all my spare time is we're in pre-production for that now. Mm -hmm. oh, that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. You know, as you you always told me, always working on something. Something. Yeah. You know, Keep those juices going. You know, and like it, the one percent better every day, and like, yeah, that's that's it. Seems like you're putting in the work for that, and that's amazing. You know, Thanks you gotta so. take in those shorts. You know, yeah. And when when they come out, you know, we're gonna. Yeah, find I a way will, to get it to the I rest will, of the masses. I will make sure that everyone knows. It. Oh, and also, what's next for me? I think it's important to say. 
Um, I'm still constantly always taking classes and always training. Yeah. Uh, that's I'll be studios, you know what I'm saying? Happen, yeah. you know. or, or elsewhere. Or elsewhere. I'm an actor first, but yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we just have to confirm. You yeah. Know? Just, you know, it's out there. But yes, those are those are some of the amazing things. My, my thank, you, thank you for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you got to plug yourself in all the time. You know? But yeah, you know, we, we might just put the at like right here for them too, like, you know, just in case they were, they're looking Perfect. for you. Yeah. But Daniel, again, thank you so much for coming through. Yeah. Thanks know? for having me, man. And uh, in general, Thank you just for a lot of things you've just done for me. And, you know, I, I really do appreciate that. So thank I have you. to say that. So, you know, thank you for coming through again. Yeah. It's the Wheel One Podcast. You've been asked twice, you know. We're going to log this off. And you already know how you already know what to do now on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, all that, you know. Let me know. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, that was good.